a name to be worshiped. He's worthy tonight. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, Lord, we just come to you tonight, Lord, and we petition the throne of heaven. God, we're so honored to be before your people and before you tonight. Thank you for the call, Lord. God, thank you for turning our hearts, Father. Thank you for sending us a message, Lord. Thank you for, Lord, just the very thoughts that you had of us before the foundation of the world. And yet we are here tonight, Lord, to manifest those thoughts, Lord. Those thoughts that you had, Father, to bring them in fruition today, God. They would be a people. They would be a people with faith that would serve you, Father, out of love and admiration, Lord. And we assemble together in the midweek service, Lord, not because we have to, but because we desire to, Lord. Lord, you are our longing. You are our heart's desire. So, Father, we just come and we yield ourselves to you tonight. And we pray that, Lord, you would just be the voice behind the voice. Lord, you would be the one that would, Lord, just interpret what the ears are hearing tonight, Father. May it settle in each of our hearts and our souls tonight. God, may you come tonight in a special way, Lord. May you minister in a special way, in a special avenue, Father. And just anchor this word tonight in our hearts. Lord, we we love you and we're so thankful. Thank you, Lord, for a place that we can can come and, God, we can unpack our burdens tonight and we can have church and we can hear from the throne of heaven. So we invite you now, Lord, speak to us. For it's in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll have you look here in Matthew 11, verse 25. Matthew 11, verse 25. Trust you've had a great week this week so far. Some of you had. Wonderful. I will tell you that I have been in a personal trial this week. We've replaced a transmission in the Yukon, me and Brother JR. My air's gone out three times this week and just just got it fixed at 4.30 this evening before coming to church. So God's good. And so we just give him the glory. My wife said, well, you passed the test. I said, well, praise God. It's always good when you pass the test, right? We're going to look here, though, and I want to speak to you just for a little bit this evening on stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast in the liberty. Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me. Notice now the invitation here in, in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. So we find here in, in this portion of Scripture, we're not going to actually use this for our title, but this is just part of the foundation. We find there's an invitation that's being given from Jesus, and he's telling us, Come unto me, all that are, 
that are weary and heavy laden or, or laboring under heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Well, you can cease from your own works. And he's telling us, note, he takes this word here, yoke, and this yoke is a crossbar or a band, and it's generally used in reference to slavery, to troublesome laws that are imposed on one. And he's telling them, he says, now you've had a yoke of Pharisaic traditions placed on you. You've had a yoke of denominational views placed on you. But he's telling them, come unto me and take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke. For my, my yoke is, is, is lowly and hard and it's, it's a yoke that is easy and it's a burden that is light. Notice it's not a strenuous yoke. Though it looks like it may be slavery to some, yet it's not slavery to us. It's our liberty. And we find here in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17 3 and verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that word liberty is a state of being free from society, from oppressive restrictions imposed on others. Notice it's a a state of being free from oppressive restrictions that somebody has placed on top of you. They give you parameters. You can't go beyond this. You can't do beyond this. You can only go so far. You can't go beyond that. But I want you to know the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there are no parameters. There are no boundaries. There's liberty There are no restrictions. There are no limits. He's a limitless God, and he's telling his people, where I am, there are no limitations. Where I am, there are no restrictions. Where I am is freedom. Notice, freedom from oppressive restrictions imposed by man. Freedom from the law and its bondage. Freedom from slavery of sin and the power and its guilt and its pollution. Freedom from traditions of man that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. See, we're not bound by some man's idea of worship. We're not bound by some man's idea or interpretation of the word or even the interpretation of the message. We're not bound by denominational restrictions that some man want to place on us, their interpretation of it, and, and try to bind you of it. God is a limitless God. Notice when Pharaoh, when, and when Moses went before Pharaoh and said, let my people go, we're going out, we're going to a land that's flown with milk and honey. Pharaoh said, fine, you can only go so far. He put restrictions on God's people, but Moses didn't stand for the restrictions. Moses said, we're not going only so far, we're going all the way. And matter of fact, we ain't going empty-handed. We're going to spoil our neighbors. We're going to spoil our friends. We're going to take our young people. We're going to take the old people. We're going to take the good of the land. Matter of fact, we're not leaving a hoof behind. But we're going all the way out. Why? Because they were called to freedom. They were called to liberty. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, we have been called to that same liberty in this hour. But you find man again has tried to put restrictions on others tries to hold them in bondage so notice we're not bound by the limits that man want to place on God see man today even try to place limits on God well God doesn't do that anymore that was only for the 50s or the 60s or that was only for brother Branham or that was only for this group or that group notice God tells us that all things are possible to them that are believe See, all things are possible for those that refuse to be bound by the limits of man. Those that refuse to allow man to put the boundaries out there and say, you can only go so far. You have to act this way in church. 
You can't shout, you can't scream, you can't, you can't sing, you can't do this, you can't worship, you can't praise. You got to stay there and just nod your little head. Man's trying to put restrictions on God and God's people. But I want you to know the Bible says for you to stand fast in your liberty. Brother Brown will tell us in the message of Mark of the Beast. He said the Jubilee time has come that we are free. Do you believe that tonight? Come on, punch your neighbor a little bit. Let's get to, let's have church. It's all right. Notice he says now, and the trumpet is the gospel, the good news. The trumpet was the gospel, then the good news. You're no longer bound. You no longer have to live in sin. You can go home and be free. You don't owe any debts at all. The whole emancipation proclamation is done. Signed for, you are free. So notice where the spirit of the Lord is not, there is no freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, it's a dead church. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, they're held by man's ideas, man's interpretations. There's no anointing to anoint the Word. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there's traditions and legalistic ideas and man-made doctrines and man-made creeds. They don't have the freedom of the Spirit of God to move within the church and deal with hearts and lives. Galatians 5 and verse 1, this is where we're drawing our context tonight. Notice he says, Galatians 5, this is Paul speaking. Stand fast, therefore, in the, not a liberty, but it's the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. For, brethren, you have been called. You have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. See, Paul tells the believer, brother, you have been called to this liberty, to the liberty. God doesn't have a whole bunch of different liberties than this one here and this one here. He just has liberty. And he said, you have been called to the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And notice it was a freedom from Jewish rites and Jewish customs. It was a freedom from Pharisaic traditions and ideas of man. And he's telling us that you too have been called unto this liberty. Notice freedom from denominational ideas, freedom from man's ideologies, freedom from sin, the penalty of sin, freedom from the desires of sin and sin nature. And not only have we been called from, but we have been called to. I'm here to tell you, we have been called out of Egypt and we've been called to the promised land. We've been called from bondage. We've been called to liberty. And notice, you are free tonight, even like Tabernacle and those on the stream, you are free to worship God as the Spirit of God leads. We're not imposing any sanctions on you tonight. We're not imposing any restrictions on you tonight. You know church order. You know how you should behave in the house of God. You know when the Spirit hits. You know to be free as it moves. Notice now, you are free, church, to move as the Spirit of God leads you to move. Some of you may shout. Some of you may cry. You may sit there and tears just run down your face. Some of you may jump out of your aisle and dance. But however the Spirit of God leads, there's freedom in the house of God to do just that. Paul will tell them, in the way that they call heresy, so do I worship my God. 
And I want you to know the way that the world is calling heresy, the way that some of the message churches are calling heresy is the way that we're going to worship because we've been called to be free. We're free to worship in that avenue. We're free to worship as a holy roller. You say, well, Brother Joe, that ain't my nature. Try it one time. Maybe you didn't know you would like it. Notice the way that they want to call emotionalism. You're free to worship. In the way that they claim is Pentecostal. You're free to worship. There are no restrictions. There's no limits. There's no boundaries. There's freedom. But you find today man is trying to strip you of your liberties. Well, we don't do that no more. God don't do that no more. Well, when did God die and they place him in his stead? No, the word remains the same. God's word remains the same. And Paul is telling us he knew what was going on in that day with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the burden that they were trying to place on this new, this, this new way of worship and this new way of life. And here they were trying to put sanctions on God's people when God had already liberated them, came to them and opened the doors of heaven and poured out his spirit in the upper room. And now they're coming to say, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't heal on Sunday and you can't deliver on Sunday and they're trying to place restrictions on God's people and the same spirit is alive again today trying to hold the people of God in bondage but I want you to know my brother and sister God has set you free and I'm telling you stand fast in your liberty I'm not trying to impose you tonight that I want you to jump and shout and then act like a wallflower no I'm saying God has given you freedom God has given you liberty God has given you the, the opportunity to worship as you choose and don't let man impose his restrictions on you tonight Paul's saying stand fast otherwise stand firm persevere be persistent that word persevere means to continue in a course of action even in, in the face of difficulty. You know, sometimes it's not easy being free. People look at you a little funny. Come on, church. Oh, or maybe you jumped up and you danced all around the church and the devil gets right on your shoulder. You know how stupid you look? Oh, come on. You know how silly you looked? Knowing that you're battling this and you're battling that, but yet you danced anyway. See, Satan trying to impose restrictions on you. Now, we find here it means to be persistent. It's to continue firmly or obstinately in the opinion or the course of action in spite of difficulties. To stand fast in spite of difficulties. Be obstinate. Look, young people, if there's ever a time to be obstinate is now. Be obstinate against the devil trying to steal your joy, trying to steal your peace, trying to steal your happiness, trying to steal your thoughts in your mind, trying to come over and hold you bound by your past and make you or make you be defined by who you used to be and not what God's called you to be. I want you to know, you ain't got to go from one camp meeting to the next camp meeting to the next camp meeting and go from one high to the next high to the next. No, God has called you into a place of freedom where you can ride from one camp meeting and you can encourage another and another. You ain't got to go... Oh, all of a sudden get a shot in the arm like some spiritual junkie. No, God has called you into a freedom. God has called you into a place of worship where you can remain consistent with the things of God. He's called you from and he's called you to. 
from bondage to liberty. He said, well, Brother Joe, you just don't understand what I'm going through. It seems like all hell has turned loose on me. Well, praise God, wake up. We're all in the same battle. But the Bible tells us, and I know some of these quotes we read are a pretty good bit, but I want you to understand the reason why we keep rehearsing some of these quotes is to reassure you and is to encourage you, don't give up. We're all fighting the same adversary. We're all in the same battle. Though it may be a little bit different, but you say all hell is against me. And the prophet of God will tell us when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. So quit getting your eyes on what hell is doing and get so fixated on what hell is doing and start expecting what God is about to do because God has called you to a place of liberty. Start expecting God, you see the hell I'm in, I'm ready to see the heaven come down. Because he said, notice he said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he would raise up a standard to match the opposing enemy. He'll raise up an anointing. He'll raise, you're coming to a church service, church, and you may not get anything or think you're going to get anything from it, but it's the service you need. It's the time that you need. It's the personal encounter that you need. And God begins to begin to rehearse your conversation and begin to come back and begin to tell you things. What was he doing? He's reassuring you. I'm raising that standard. I've seen you in your dark moments. I've seen you in your night seasons. I've seen you in your low points. But I'm here to tell you, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're free. You don't have to be held by that bondage. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. He's trying to bring you back down. Notice what we find today. The believer is under constant attack. Hell is trying to keep you in its grip. Some of you have already came back from Ohio camp and Satan's already trying to get you back in its grip. What is hell trying to do? It's trying to keep you from walking out. As we heard a few weeks ago, trying to keep you from walking out, trying to strip you of your freedom. See, he doesn't want you to be free, to live free, to worship free, and even act free. He wants to control you, control every desire. He wants to bring you to a sinner's grave and a devil's hell to make his hell your final resting place. But I'm here to tell you, God's called us for something greater. God's called us for something greater. Brother Bam says now in the message, the Queen of Sheba, but you know, when you start to meet God, the devil's going to throw everything in your way. Wake up, somebody. When you go to try to meet God, the devil's going to throw everything in your way that he can to throw in your way. That's his duty to do it. He's going to hinder you in every way that he can. But if you're determined, God will make a way. I said, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm determined tonight. I'm not just living this for mama. I'm not just living this for daddy. I'm not just here because the preacher is my favorite preacher. I'm here because I'm determined. I'm going all the way. I've been called out and I've been called in. I said, oh, glory to God tonight. Lord, be it unto me according to your word. We're free people tonight, church. Stand fast in that liberty. You say, well, well, Brother Joe. No. It ain't no well, Brother Joe, this and well, Brother Joe, that. It's No, God has called you to a place of liberty. It's not one day you're free, the next day you're in bondage. It's not one day you're saved, the next day you're, you're a sinner. It's not one day that you're free, the next day you're in bondage. It's you're free. Get it, you're free. See, the truth is we find in John 8, and the servant abideth, this is John 8, verse 35. The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. 
And that the Son therefore shall make or set at liberty or liberate you, you are free. You are free indeed. So if the Son has done it, how many of you have the Son has made free? Then you're free indeed. No questions asked. We're not up for debate. It's not there. It's a scripture. It's black and white. Put that in the devil's face and tell him, I've been made free. I've been liberated from my past. I've been liberated from the chains that used to hold me. You can't hold me any longer. You can't keep me in your grip any longer. I've been made free by the blood of Jesus because the Son of Almighty God has liberated me from my past and the passions of sin and the desires of a sinful nature. Notice Brother Brown tells us in the message, Kinsman Redeemer. A man that's done something wrong, so he is his master, sold him into slavery, actually unto death. And he's in the market, and he's a slave. But a man comes along, a worthy man that's able to do it. And he finds this man, and he finds grace in his sight. He redeems him. He says that that takes him from the slave market, takes him out of himself. Notice, and that slave... Once redeemed can never be sold in the market again. Can never be sold again. He's marked. And if he was a thought, if he was thought enough of one time to be redeemed, no one, notice now, no one can never sell him again for a slave. He says, thanks be to God that when a man has come to Christ, had been redeemed by the precious blood, the devil can never make you a slave again. Come on, church, that's shouting grounds. I'm here to tell you, I don't know what you come in, pack and burn tonight, but you're not a slave any longer. You've been redeemed and you can, oh, hallelujah, you can never be sold again as a slave. You've been liberated. You've been set free. You don't have to hold anything to your past and to those mistakes. The mighty Redeemer has come down and he set you in liberty tonight. You ain't got to look over your shoulder worrying about if you're going to go back and sin. Worrying about what? You're going to lose the Holy Ghost. You're going to lose your dance. You're going to lose your joy. You can't lose it. Because you can't be held as a slave man again. You've been made free by the blood. You've been made free by the anointing of the hour. He has loosed you. He has liberated you. Take my yoke. My burden is easy. And my burden is light. Notice. See, it's Christ that's made us free. And it's a gift We find here in Ephesians 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, For it is by grace that you are saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So your freedom is a gift. Your bondage is a curse. But your freedom is a gift. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So notice, when we struggle to free ourselves, how many of you have ever struggled? Man, you tried within your own human ability. You tried and tried. Guess what you did? You made it worse. The Bible says don't entangle yourselves again. And when you try to free yourself, you're just entangling yourself worse and worse. That situation would have been done a long time ago. If you just let go and let God. Notice, when we struggle to free ourselves, we just become more entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You can't free yourself from sinful desire. You young people here, you can't free yourselves from the spirit of pornography of this age. 
It takes something bigger than you. Something greater than you. It takes a living God. Notice, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And yet we try to do these things in him and post, I'm not going to do that. And we become legalistic in our views. Look, having a legalistic viewpoint is only making matters worse. Because now it's based on works and not on grace. But we find, see, it's going to take something better than our own intellect. It's going to take something better than man's ability, something stronger to to free us from the, the bondage of sin. It would take a lamb of God who would be slain before the foundation of the world. And let me tell you, if that lamb has ever been bled on your behalf, you're free. You're free to worship any way you choose. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, verse 19, For as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners. So by one man's disobedience, many, many of you were once sinners. Oh, but church, he says, but by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. I'm going to tell you, it took that one. It ain't a whole bunch of men, a whole bunch of favorite preachers, a whole bunch of camp means. It took one man that'd be willing to take your place and that you would take, he would take your sin, that you could take his righteousness. And what did he do? He liberated us. He freed us from our passions, our pride. Our iniquities. If we go back to Galatians 4 and verse 30. Galatians 4 and verse 30. And I'm picking up in Galatians 4 because you actually, to get to Galatians 5, 1, you got to come back here. It says, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Verse 31, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Come on, we're not children of denominational systems bound by man's ideas and creeds and doctrines and, and everything else. No, but we are free. Galatians 5 and verse 1, and he says, now stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Notice the liberty, you're not bound any longer. You're not held under that bondwoman religion any longer. But no, now you're free, wherewith Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again. Notice the warning. Don't be entangled again. You have been called unto liberty. Therefore, don't use liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Don't make grace disgrace. So it's the Christian's birthright to think, to feel, and to act like a free man. Did you hear that? It's the Christian's, the believer's birthright to act, to feel, and to to, to act and to feel like a free man and to think like a free man. You ain't got to have slave mentality. No, we should allow our, not allow ourselves to become slaves again. And typically slavery starts here before it starts here. It's what you think in your mind. Well, I guess I'm not saved. And all of a sudden now you're putting yourself in front of every dirty television program or reading every dirty book, everything love story that ain't fit to be read. Because right here, Notice, we've done the study on the battle of the mind, but we find now we are to be firm, unyielding in maintaining the great principles of our Christian faith. See, our true liberty, you find people today, they're running out. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the message. I'm free. First thing the ladies do is cut their hair. And yet you're free? The Bible completely tells us how a lady's hair should be. They put on pants. The Bible completely tells us and the men do this, that, and the other. In the Bible, we have, this is not Brother Branham's idea. This is God's idea. This is God's interpretation of the word. And yet, now they're free. 
And see, they run out on it, and they're thinking they're free. They run headlong, and the first thing you know, the girls, they cut their hair. Then they start wearing the makeup. Then they start putting on the pants. And before too long, they keep on, keep going on and on. And they question the message. Then they begin to question God. Then before too long, they're not even in church. They are completely agnostic or they're atheists. It's a slippery slope, church. Because they've used their freedom and enslaved themselves again with the enticements of the world. See, true liberty is our freedom from the tyranny of trying to earn your way to heaven. Trying to earn your way to heaven. I got to do this and I got to do that. You ain't got to do nothing but believe. By faith, take God at his word. See, freedom, stand fast means that means we have something to do. To stand fast means it's going to take some effort, Brother Mike. I mean, you got to stand resolute. When all the attacks are coming from family, from friends, from work, from school, from this, from that, and the other, and different ones, you got to stand fast in your freedom. Realize God and God alone set me in this place. I'm not wavering. I'm not moving. I'm going to be resolute. I'm going to be obstinate in the face of difficulty. I know some of us have a hard time being obstinate, don't we? Mm-hmm. Look at all the smiles on the faces. But we find, how many of you have ever heard of Dwight Moody? Most of us have. Dwight Moody, he illustrated the point of quoting an old former slave, an old former slave woman at the, in the South following the Civil War. And being that she was a former slave, she was confused about her status. Now, I know we have black people here, and I'm not... I'm not referencing this in any derogatory sense, but this is Dwight Moody, and this is in the histories. He said, and he's quoting this, this former slave. She says, now, now, is I free or been I not? When I go to my old master, he says I ain't free, and when I go to my own people, they say I is, and I don't know whether I'm free or is I not. A lot of you stand in that same place. I come to church, and the preacher tells me I'm free, but when I go back out there, they say I'm not. My old taskmaster, that old thought, that old depression, that old anxiety, that old pornography spirit, that old this spirit and that lustful spirit tells me that I'm not free. And she goes on, she says, now, some people told me that Abraham Lincoln signed the the proclamation, but master says he didn't. He didn't have a right to. And that's the same thing that that old taskmaster does to you. He tells you he don't have a right to sign that. You're still under my bondage. You're still under my grip. You're still under my restrictions. But I want you to know you have been signed, sealed, and delivered. The Emancipation Proclamation has been signed in your behalf. You are free tonight. I want you to know it. I'm going to preach freedom. I'm going to live freedom. I'm going to declare that you're free. You're not held any longer by the chains of darkness. I say it in the face of the enemy. House of hell, you give way to the name of Jesus. You can't hold God's leg. You can't keep him bound any longer. They have been made free tonight. Satan wants to tell you, you've got to be a slave to my passion, slave to my pride, slave to my depression and anxieties and bitterness and grudges, family strains and complexes, unforgiving spirits, gossip and bite biting. But I want you to know you're free tonight. You don't have to be bound by those things. You are free. The Emancipation Proclamation has been signed. What do you mean, Brother Joe? Let me just tell you what your prophet said about it. He said, oh, the trumpet was the gospel then. The good news, you are no longer bound. Come on, somebody. I know this is a Wednesday night, but I want you to know you're no longer bound tonight. 
Oh, you're no longer bound. You no longer had to live in sin. You can go home and be free. You don't owe any debts. Somebody needs to call Dave Ramsey and do a debt-free scream. I'm free. My debt. Oh, hallelujah. My debt has been paid. Sin has been rebuked. I'm here to tell you, I've been made free by the blood. I got a right to scream. I got a right to shout. I got a right to worship. You telling me they could get on the radio and scream about being money debt-free and we can't shout about being sin debt-free? Oh, my Come on, Dave Ramsey. Clue me in tonight. Let me tell all of Nashville. I'm free. The emancipator, the great emancipator, sign my pardon. House of hell, you can't hold me. Notice when you go back and look at that, they were being held by church of Christ mentality. They were all twisted up in their minds and their thoughts. Oh, and the prophet of God, and the, the Lord told him, he said, free the people. He looked at his arms, his little skinny arms. He got, I ain't got no muscles. I can't break those bars. Look at those big bars. Big denominational bars, bears, holding people behind it year after year, day after day, generation after generation has been held behind there. And the people said, Brother Brandon, you have been misunderstood. And you misunderstood the people. But the Lord said, I want you to free the people. What did he do? He sent you a message. God sent you a message to do what? To liberate you from the house of hell. He looked at the bars, humanly speaking, he couldn't do it. And let me tell you, I'm looking at the bars tonight, humanly speaking, I can't do it. But I'm praying in the name of the Lord that he'll send that word. He'll send the wind of the Holy Ghost and speak. Oh, in the name of Jesus, house of hell, you give way tonight. And he said, all of a sudden, the bars started creaking and the bars started popping. And everybody went out free. No longer held in bondage. No longer held in sins past. No longer held by denomination on it. You are free tonight. God sent you a message and it liberated you. So stand fast in that freedom. Stand fast in that liberty. The house of hell can't hold you. Notice the whole emancipation of proclamation is done signed. And you are free. He said at Calvary the emancipation of proclamation was signed by the blood of the Lord Jesus. And everything that Satan ever did to you, he was stripped of every power he had at Calvary. Oh, some of you come dragging in because Satan been lying on you. Satan been accusing. I'm here to tell you, he's done been stripped. Oh, come on, man. What's it going to get to excite that nerve on the inside? Let me tell you, if I was held in the, in, in the, the door chief facility over here, Something I didn't do and they held me against my will. And they imposed their sanctions on me. I'd be a little upset. Man, I'd be ready to call me a lawyer. Somebody needs to call up lawyer Jesus. You held against your own will. You were falsely accused. But oh, let me tell you, when they tried me, they realized you were convicted wrong. You were convicted unjustly. I'm going to let you go. Let me tell you, when I come walking out, I'm dancing. I'm shouting. I'm praising God. You held me here against my will. I'm running out here. I ain't dragging out. I was put there by, by some man's idea, some man's interpretation. But I'm walking out on my own desires. 
Why? Because I got a reason to be free. I never done it in the first place. And I'm going to tell you tonight, even the light, you've never done it in the first place. In the first place, you was in the very thoughts of God. Notice now, when I hear that Jesus broke the bands of death, he broke the bonds of bondage for me. He signed the emancipation of proclamation with his own blood. He went to death at Calvary for me. I want today to crucify all the flesh and live anew for him. And take what he gives me and fight as best as I can this great rank army of God until Jesus comes. Oh, church, put your whole heart behind this. This is not some man's idea. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3, let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Notice, deceive here is to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. So deception is a yoke that men place on another to hold control over their life. You know, the Jewish teachers, they counted 613 commandments. That as a Jew, you had to memorize. Now, how many can memorize 613 commandments? Well, nobody. Not only did they have to memorize them, but they couldn't break them either. They had to abide by them. You want to talk about a law. You want to talk about a restriction. You want to talk about a bondage. And men today will take this very message. This very message that God sent you to liberate you and hold you in bondage to it. You don't believe it the way I believe it. You got to get my sermons if you plan on being in the rapture. No, buddy, I didn't see your name tacked in this word anywhere. Notice what they're doing. Many legalistic man, a legalistic preacher, they want to put a message yoke on you. You find today that they want to force holiness and legislate righteousness. You can't force holiness. You can't legislate righteousness. It comes from a holy God living on the inside. Some of these men are so afraid of a little bit of wildfire, a little bit of fanaticism that may get with our young people and some of our old people, some of them that are really free and are not afraid to be free. And they want to criticize them because they're free, because they're, they're, they're no longer in bondage. You know, in order to be able to dance in the Spirit, to shout in the Spirit, you've got to first free your mind from this right here. What is somebody going to think about me? And if you can ever get your mind to get free, worrying about what your neighbor thinks, what your brother thinks, what your husband thinks, or what your wife thinks, buddy, I'm going to tell you, you'll have a time in the Holy Ghost. You are your greatest enemy. If you can ever free your mind, that's why I say, try it one time. Try it one time. I don't do it all the time, but I tell you what, when I do it, I have a good time. I may wail and flail and shout and scream and it don't slobber and spit. Hey, just get away. It's coming. I want to enjoy my time in his presence. When I went to the jug joint, I enjoyed my time, Brother Jeff. 
Oh, yeah, some of us, we remember those moments in the juke joint and the music going, man, that certain song starts going, oh, oh, you just don't, all of a sudden, man, you just bouncing. Brother Mike, I mean, whoa, you probably ain't never been there, praise God, but I'm going to tell you what. That's why you be sitting there just minding your own business, all of a sudden that song, oh, yeah, boom, you're on the dance floor. Oh, yeah, come on, get down and all that. And then we get to the house of God and the word's coming. I'm not talking about music. I'm talking about the word being preached. And that word begins to start something. And it begins to break the chains off your life. It begins to tell you who you are. It begins to tell you where you come from and where you're going. And you tell me I got to sit there and I like ain't nothing happening. I heard what, the, what Brother Tim said the other day. He said, you can't be touched by the Holy Ghost and not get emotional. I said, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I love to worship. And I respond to it because I am free. And I plan on standing there in my freedom, in my liberty. You can take your Church of Christ attitude right on up out of here. For me and my church, me and my family, we're going to enjoy the presence of God. Well, I don't think you got to do that in church. Fine, you're welcome to leave. I told you, we're not putting any restrictions on you. You're free to worship as he leads. Just stand fast in your liberty. Don't be afraid. Notice. So the purpose of God sending us this message was to liberate you from man's hold, man's ideas. Why do we have so many denominations? Because they all got a different view. Why do we got so many facets of the message that we know of right here. We got all these different facets of it. Because of man's idea. The prophet brought one message. And God brought one message through his prophet. And that one message. The liberty wherein Christ. Through the message has made us free. Because he is the message. He is the word. That is our freedom. It's not our bondage. Notice now. They want to claim that you got to listen to them. If you plan on making a rapture. Now how many of you listen to somebody besides Brother Tim? Well maybe a handful of you. You may make it. But if you don't listen to anybody but Brother Tim. We're all going to hell. Because they claim you've got to listen to my sermons. Or you're not going to make a rapture. You've got men today that are inviting Brother Branham to take the service. I mean we're going to turn the service over now to Brother Branham. Come on, church, we've got into Catholicism, spirituality, spiritualism. We're going to set handkerchiefs in front of the tape recorder and, then, and play a certain portion of the tape when Brother Branham prays over the handkerchiefs and say, now, uh, come get your handkerchief that Brother Branham prayed for. Did you get your hanky? Come on, church, that's bondage. That's not freedom. That's not liberty. That's man holding something over another group of men. Oh, it's deception. That's not what God ordained. It's a yoke of bondage. But God sent us a message through a vindicated prophet to liberate us, to liberate us, to free us. So we find now, intellectual understanding will never deliver the people. We're not looking for reformation. We're not looking to have special classes, how to teach our young boys how to live above sin, overcome pornography. We don't need classes. No, 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 no. What we need to do is get back to preaching the gospel. Get back to preaching the baptism of fire. Preaching the Holy Ghost. 
Preaching born, 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 in the, born by the Spirit and dead to yourself and dead to your own ideas, dead to your own passions. That's what we need. We need to get away from all this psychology because when you bring psychology into it, church, it's bondage. Psychology ain't going to deliver the people. When you deprive the church from a genuine Pentecostal experience, that's bondage. When you deny the people access to prayer lines, that's bondage. When you deny young people an altar call, that's bondage. When you say you got to, you know, when the, the preachers, you know, you got sometimes in some churches, you got message preachers, they can get all excited. They can run and shout kind of like what I'm doing up here, but they put the restrictions on you. You can't do that. Because you know what? I'm confident in the spirit that I know that's anointing me. But I'm not sure what's anointing you. Therefore, we don't have any emotionalism in the church. That's bondage. That's Nicolaitism. That's bondage. Hold control over the people. But what did God do? God sent us a message of liberty. So that man has no control over you. And you say, well, you find out what they're doing today. And I know this is maybe going to turn real quick. And I'm going to try to hurry up because we're getting close to time. But you find that, you know, we get a little bit emotional. And I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a lot emotional. I just, you know, hey, if you've been where I've been, you, you'd act the way I act. But you find today that they want to they entangle the people now. And you said you can't have any emotion in church. I don't know what in the world I would, how I would preach if the church was dead. Thank God that some of you are alive tonight. But just think about it. They want to make you feel condemned for shouting. They want to make you condemned for enjoying your liberty. And we find here that in Exodus 28 and verse 33, Lauren, if you'd put that up there. Notice, beneath upon the hymn... Of it thou shalt make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet round about the hem thereof, bells of gold between them round about, a golden bell and a pomegranate. Exodus 28, verse 34 now. Let me slow down. Exodus 28, verse 34. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe about, verse 35. And thou shalt be upon Aaron to minister... And this or his sound shall be heard when he goeth into the holy place before the Lord. And when he cometh out that he die not. Notice what the prophet of God says about this in earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered. He goes, I know you think we're an awful noisy bunch. And some of you probably thinking that right here tonight. Man, you're an awful noisy preacher. Boy, you're all over the place. He said, but I can prove to you that if there ain't no noisy, then there ain't no God there. If there ain't no noisy, then there ain't no God there. Listen, in the Old Testament, when Aaron anointed with the robes of Sharon, when he had the anointing oil that run down his beard to the hems of his skirt, he had taken the sacrifice. He went into the holiest of holies. And when he went behind that curtain across his garment, he had a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell. And they hit together. And when he walked, he played holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. That's the anointed church of God. Moving into the holy place. And if your life ain't crying holy, holy, holy unto the Lord, you're dead, church. 
Your life has got to be making some noise. You saying, brother John, means I got to shout. I'm not saying you got to shout. I'm saying your life has got to shout. I'm saying your experience has got to shout. It's got to be crying out that there's something on the inside. I'm not some dead somebody, but I've been made alive through the blood of Jesus. And my life, whether I'm on the mountaintop, is crying holy, holy unto the Lord. If I'm in the valley of despair, my life is still crying holy, holy unto the Lord. If I had to put a brand new transmission in my wife's shoe cot, I'm still crying holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. If I got to go three days without any AC, my life, oh hallelujah, is crying holy, holy unto the Lord. Why? Because there's a life on the inside. I'm not some dead person. We're not some dead reprobate somebody. We are children of God. We've been made alive through the blood. And if there ain't no noisy there, there ain't no God there. That's not my interpretation. That's your prophet. So if you don't like it, take it up with him. You say he's vindicated, bam. Take it, swallow it, digest it, meditate on it, dwell on it. Let that same life that inspired that quote come inside of you. All of a sudden, you run, you'll realize there's a pomegranate. Woo! There's a bell. Oh, hallelujah. They're dinging. Man, your feet get a little bit loose. Make a little noise. Hands get free. Before the service is over, your hands are clapping. Some of you ain't clapped in a long time. Them hands start clapping. Some of your feet ain't moved in a long time. Hey, let me tell you, you ain't got spiritual gout. Get up and start moving them feet. Enjoy what God has done for you. You're liberated. Your life is crying holy. Holy unto the Lord. He said, look at here, brother. The reason they did that was the only way they could tell that he was alive. They listened to hear if there's any noise. They listened. They came. Man, Aaron's about to go in. He's going to offer a sacrifice. They only had to go one time a year. They tied a rope to him. And he, when he walked in, there was noise. But he walked in bearing your burden, bearing your sacrifice. Go before your God. Go before the Holy of Holies. Oh, my. And if he wasn't accepted and that man died, they would take that rope and they'd drag him out of there. And you still had to pack those same burdens that he went in with because you weren't free. Oh, but if there was noise on the inside... And there was some music being made in the presence of the Holy of the Holies. And his life was crying out. And when he made that offering, when he sacrificed and he put that lamb on that offering for you and for me and for our sins. And that life came back and cried holy, holy unto the Lord. He didn't have to be drug out. He walked out. What am I telling you tonight? You ain't got to be drug out of this church. You can walk out different. You can walk out free. God has made you to be free. Amen. Notice if there was no noise and he was dead and that's... He said, that's what's today the church that's born again, going into the holiness of holies, anointed with God's pomegranate and the bell. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. You know they're alive. Well, I hope you're listening tonight to hear some noise. I hope you came with a purpose to hear some noise. I'm not talking about just me up here shouting and screaming and certain ones responding to the word. I'm talking about the spirit of God speaking to you and you know that he's alive and he's personal and he's dealing intimately with you see if your life isn't sounding forth holy 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 unto the Lord you're dead 
Because let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. You say, well, Brother Joe, I can't say amen. Well, maybe you need to get a pomegranate and a belt tied around your ankles. Change the position. Come in with a different mindset. Come in with an expectation that I'm not going to let the noise bother me. You remember I told y'all when I first came to church here, man, y'all was a bunch of noisy racket russ. I come out of the Baptist church. I'm like, you know what we used to? We used to doing this. We didn't clap hands. You definitely didn't say amen and shout and scream and all that stuff. That was nonsense. You didn't do that in the First Baptist Church. No, sir. Not in Greenville, Mississippi. No, I came over here. First time, all this people bopping up and down. I'm like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? I can't hear the preacher. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's screaming. Hands are going up. I can't see what he looks like. Everything's in the way. But all of a sudden, I found myself. You know, I kept coming. Something drug me back. Wow, there was a seed on the inside. What am I telling you? I was once, I was critical of all that racket. I was critical of all that noise. Oh, but let me tell you, when I changed shoes one time and I tied a pomegranate and a bell and got the Holy Ghost one time, let me tell you, brother, it changed the situation. It changed my mentality. It changed the way I walk. It changed the way I talk. It changed the way I dance. It changed the way I come to church. I come, brother Mike, with an expectation to hear some noise. To hear somebody get under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and begin to shout, Hallelujah! I was once blind, but now I see. I was once bound, but now I'm free. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, my. I could preach. I should have saved this for Sunday. Oh, but we find, notice what he says now. Oh, he goes, I can tell him. He goes, I tell you, the only way that you know that there's any life in the church, when a little noise gets started somewhere. Ooh, oh, sisters scream out. Ah! Don't laugh. Man, when I hear that, mm, yeah, faith muscles begin to come up. Oh, because why? I know he's here. I know what sort of things that we ask in that time, in that presence. When that anointing drops down, we can have what sort of we ask for. But because why? It's no longer the man, but it's Almighty God, the pillar of fire, dropping down into a church service, and the noise begin to ring out. People begin to respond, not to the man, not to the voice, not to the vessel, but they responded to the Spirit of God. You say, well... But the Bible says it's got to a place when you go to churches, it's either so cold and formal and dry till the spiritual thermometer will hit 50 below zero. May that never be tacked on even like tabernacle. The people just, notice what he says now. People just, they just sit like a wart on a pickle. Just as sour and indifferent and puckered up. That's the best puckering I can do for you. They just sit. Sour. Puckered up. You know what? You don't want to preach to that kind of person. You know what? I do my best to look away. I'm just being honest. It's hard to preach to some puckered up bump on a pickle. Man, a man done studied, gave up his time, prayed that God will lead him and guide him and speak to him and, and minister to hearts and lives. And you got somebody out there just 
all puckered up and half asleep. No, we got to come with an expectation to hear, hear the noise. Because everywhere that Jesus went, it was noisy. Let me tell you, you may have come to a, from a church and it ain't got no noise. But let me tell you, you didn't come to this church and expecting any no noise here. Because we're a noisy bunch of people. Because why? We have been shook by the power of the Holy Ghost. We have met the Almighty God. We have been set free. The same angel that came down on the day of Pentecost is the same one that's here today. And he's breaking bars. And he's loosening chains. And he's setting captivity captive. That's my God. That's my this word. That's who we are. We have been called to a place of freedom. You don't have to like it, but you've got to love it. There's a difference. You know, I like cheesecake. I think y'all know that. Any kind I can get. Just go ahead and put that out there on notice. Man, I've done some heavy preaching. Well, bro, I got... Now stay tuned in. Part two in a minute. I don't know where I was at. Lost my train of thought. Cheesecake. Cheesecake. <laughs> oh, how in the world can I lose that? You know, there's turtle cheesecake, there's New York cheesecake, there's strawberry cheesecake, blueberry cheesecake, there's the fluffy kind of cheesecake. You know, there's all kinds, there's cook, there's all kinds of cheesecake. I'm a cheesecake connoisseur. You know what? You may not like cheesecake, but if they put it in front of us, you ain't got to eat it. I'll eat your portion. And I like what Brother Bam said. I like cherry pie. My brother Humpy, he likes apple pie. Let me tell you, we, look, we ain't got to agree together that I got to eat what he likes. But as long as we're eating pie, that's all that matters. And if you get to the seed, spit the seed out. What am I telling you, church? We're in the house of God. We've been freed by the blood of Jesus. We've been covered with the anointing of a vindicated message. You may not like what's being preached, but you just got to spit it out anyway. And say, God, give it to me. I want what you have for me. I don't want to sit here all dead and crusty and indifferent and cold and formal and dry. Lord, let me feel the spirit of the spirit moving through me, Lord. Let me feel your spirit one more time. I don't want to be indifferent. I want to be on fire for the things of God. Let me hurry this up. And I know, here we go. I'm going to end it right here. No, I'm not. I lied to you in the pulpit. You say, well, Brother Joe, I don't want to get in the flesh. How many of you ever said that? Well, don't show your hand. I am. I'm coming to the house of God acting like that. I don't want to get in the flesh. But you know what? You got up this morning in the flesh. Some of you, first thing you did was took that flesh to the sink and brushed those nasty teeth in the flesh. Then you were fortunate and thankful. We thank you that you put clothes on that flesh. Then you went to the kitchen table and you put food in that flesh. 
You know, at about five o'clock, six o'clock, you decided to put that same flesh that you done brushed his teeth, put clothes on it, fed it. You done put that flesh inside your vehicle and you drove that flesh to the house of God. You went through all that trouble, all in the flesh. Now you telling me you want to quit when you get to the house of God because you don't want to get in the flesh. Now's the time to get in the flesh and give the Holy Spirit something to anoint. No, I'm here. I may act like a fool. I may act like a drunk man. I may act like I'm all in flesh. But I'm going to put everything I got behind the service, behind the spirit, behind the preaching of the gospel. I'm going to give God something to anoint. Give him something to anoint. But Bam said, I've seen jumping spells, joy spells, but nobody was hurt. And we come to church and we don't want to. We don't want to enjoy nothing. We don't want to enjoy our liberty. Somebody jump up and you want to criticize? Because they got a little bit of wildfire. You can't get warmed by a painted fire. But you know what? You can get some heat from a wildfire. Maybe that wildfire comes dancing by you. And you least expect it. And all of a sudden, that same wildfire jumps off on you. Your old cold critical self, and all of a sudden, you out there in the middle of the aisle now. Like Brother Bram, dancing in the spirit. Turn my house into it, or my, my church into a tavern. Critical. But he said, What if they're right and I'm wrong? I replay that all the time. What if they're right and I'm wrong? Oh, church, let us not be, let's not be held responsible for, for quenching the spirit. And I'm not saying we all got to act like a bunch of hooligans. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's a freedom to worship. Because he that the Son has made free is free indeed. No bars, no chains. Notice he says, I've seen meetings where the power of God was revealed to the people that they were free from the world, the things of the world, and the joy of the Lord filled the congregation. They stood and they screamed and they cried and they shouted to the top of their voice. Just so you know, this is 1964. After the opening of the seals, the prophet of God still preached and he still believed in emotional religion. Notice they shouted to the top of their voice for the glory of God. I never did see anything disorderly. They was always right in order. Because they had recognized that their name had been written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. The great prophet shepherd had brought them the message and they were delivered. No matter what the other ecclesiastical realm said about it, they knew what had happened just as them shepherds did back there and they knowed what took place. And those that shout, those that jump, those that scream, those that cry, those that allow the Spirit of God to move upon them, you know what took place. Oh, church. Let me bring this down. Musicians, go ahead and make your way back. My brother said, I was preaching. There was a woman crying. She was holding up her hands and crying and praising God. And the Holy Spirit was there. The woman was filled with the Holy Ghost. How can a magnet draw anything unless it's magnetized to it? Correct. He goes, there was a man who belonged to another church. He was a friend of mine. Standing there outside, he said, Billy, I was enjoying your sermon. Until that woman raised up and started crying. Said, how in the world could you preach and her acting like that? Listen to his response. I said, that's the only time I can preach. Oh, church, and that's the only time that I can preach. 
I want to see you shouting. Oh, why? Why you want to see me shout? Because I know that inside that life is overcoming power. And I know that the house, that, that all hell's against you. But when you shout, what are you telling hell to give way? You can't hold me. I'm walking out. Notice, he says now, he says, that's the only time I can preach. And when I see the power of God has called away the church, called away the message, he said, it just made shivers run over my back. I said, if, you ever, if you'd ever be fortunate to get to heaven, you would freeze to death. Yeah. Huh? Because they're crying and shouting and praising God day and night. Angels flying back and forth crying, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. And then let me tell you right now, brother, he says, you're living in the quietest world you'll ever live in. If you go to hell, there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. If you go to heaven, there's hallelujahs and praises of God day and night, all times, all in eternity. This is the quietest place that you will ever live. So if you plan on being in heaven, I got any heaven takers tonight? Then you better practice getting noisy. You better practice your praises. You better start practicing your hallelujahs. You better start practicing praise our God because that's what's going to be heard over there. It ain't going to be your belly grubs and your ups and downs and your disappointments in life and everybody's against you and wowsy wows and woos. Not in heaven. Oh, I say if we come to the house of God tonight, we might as well start here. We might as well start tonight. We might as well start expecting. Lord, you said that there ain't no noise there. There ain't no God there. I'm not trying to work the people up, but God, I know where you are. It sends a response to the people. Their hearts begin to be churned, and there begins to be an electricity pulling them up into an atmosphere that only you can create, Father. And we're here tonight, Lord, to let you know and declare to this evil generation, and we're declaring to the house of hell, we're not going back to bondage. We're staying free. We've been liberated by the hands of God. We've been liberated by the blood of Jesus. We're a free people. And we're standing tonight in that liberty. We're standing as young people in our liberty. We're standing as mothers in our liberty. We're standing as fathers and leaders with our liberty. We're not going back to hell. We're not going back to bondage. We're not going back to cult form of religion. We are here to serve a living God. Oh, church, let me bring this home. Brother Bram says now, if Satan has robbed you of the privilege of being a son or daughter of God, we have a right this morning by the Holy Spirit to enforce the claim of God. Bring them If he's afflicted you, made you sick, we have a right before God to enforce the laws of God. By his rights, we are healed. Bring him back. Turn him loose. You're taking him out yonder of death. We claim him. Bring him back now. That's the enforcement. Restore back to the natural condition. A man sick, a baby sick, a woman sick. See, they're out there out of their natural condition. But they have a right to enforce the claim. Not our claim. It's our claim because God has given it to us. By his stripes, we are healed. Let me tell you, when the prophet of God said on the day of Pentecost, what 
what the church received was her inalienable rights. That means that rights that can't be stripped away. Rights that are not going to be transferred. Rights that we're not giving up. I'm telling you, if that was what she received then, it's the same rights that we got today. We got the right to worship. We got the right to praise God. We got the right for our healing. We got the right for our sons and daughters, the prodigals to come home. We got a right. God is looking for somebody to enforce the claim. It's your inalienable rights. We're not giving them up. Satan, you can't have them. You can't take them. We have a right to the full word. We got a right to speaking in tongues. We got a right to prayer line. We got a right to altar calls. We got a right to lay hands on the sick. We got a right to cast out devils. We have a right today, church. And let me just tell you, it ain't all on the preachers. You got a right. Force a claim on Satan. Give it back. Oh, church. At our camp, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm coming to a close. Saturday night after the prayer line, 1 o'clock in the morning, some of us ministers in the back, Brother Donnie, come on the anointing and begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. And he spoke to Brother Ron first. He says, now, I've not forgotten you. Stand in the pulpit and preach. You are my son. I've seen you in your suffering. You will come to the fullness of of your healing. Then he goes back into tongues again and he comes back out and he interprets and to the other brothers, I have noticed, I have waited for this time for so long to show you my majesty. God has been waiting to reveal himself in a people to show his majesty. Preach the gospel. I will be with you, my sons. Be not afraid of the devils. Go back and be charged in the spirit. This is the time that you have been longing for. Oh, church, this is a time. Oh, we're not going to preparate your ages any longer. We're not going to kick the can down the road. This is a time. He's been waiting to reveal his magic. And we've been waiting to be the recipients of his glory. We are living in that moment, church. There's about to come a sweeping. There's about to come a body change. Why? Because the house of hell had to give way to the name of Jesus. And it set the people of God free. And you are God's free people tonight. And we walked out of that back office. Tanner Burgess that goes to Brother Josh Bennett's church. He was back there in the back on the last row back there and something said, go pray for him. His dad was with them. And he was just back there just kind of quietly praying with them. And I went back there and I began to pray and I began to tell him, God loves you. God loves you. And I began to go down the story of the prodigal son. How he went his own way and how he lost everything. and you know. But yet an angel of the Lord come by him, spoke to him. You've been here long enough. Tanner just began to, he fell out on the floor. He began to snot, began to cry, began to scream out. What was happening? Chains began to fall off. House of hell began to give way. And another son who was held captive walked out free. And today, today he's a living witness of the power of God. Today he's standing fast in that same liberty that met him at Easter is the same liberty he's expressing today. And some of you have met that same God. Don't go back to bondage. Stand fast in your liberty. My wife would come and sing that song. Church, the Bible tells us, I'm just going to get there and we're ending right here. Deuteronomy 28 verse 3. The Bible tells us, Blessed shall thou be in the city. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 3. Blessed shall thou be in the city. 
And blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall thou be the fruit of thy hand. Some are the fruit of thy body. And the fruit of thy ground. And the fruit of thy castle. And the increase of thy kind. And the flocks of thy sheep. Next verse. Blessed shall thou basket and thy store. Oh, I'm talking about a blessed people. I'm talking about who you are tonight. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Come on, next verse. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way. Oh, but glory to God, they're going to leave your presence seven ways. Oh, they may come one way, but they got to leave at seven different angles. Why? Because your God is on your side. You are a blessed people, church. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the storehouses, in all that thou sendest thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let me tell you, he brought you out of the land of bondage, and he took you into a land of freedom, and he's going to bless you in that land. Oh, you are people. That's a blessed people. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself and he has sworn unto thee if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways come on next verse and the people of earth shall see that thou art called by my name or by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee and the Lord shall make thee plenteous Come on, somebody. I ain't talking about some beggars. I ain't talking about some poor people. I'm talking about people that are rich with the blessings of God. I'm talking about people that have been free, and this is the price of freedom. You are blessed people in the land. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in the goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto the fathers to give thee. And the Lord shall open up unto his good treasure. Oh, come on, church. Good treasure. Oh, the anointing of the Spirit coming down. That's good treasure. The pillar of fire with the people. That's good pleasure. Tongues and interpretations. That's good pleasure. Dancing in the Spirit. That's good pleasure. Oh, here goes the heaven to give them rain unto the land in his season and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. I'm talking about a, oh, a people that's rising above the cares of the world. You're the head and not the tail. You're going up and not down. You're blessed in the land coming in and going out. Oh, come on, Miriam. Come on, Mary. Your taskmaster is dead. That thing that used to have control over you, that used to put restrictions on you, it's no longer there. He's dead. Mary was 90 years old when she danced for the Lord. So there goes your I'm too old excuse. I got arthritis. Well, shake it off. Dance it off. Mary, I'm here to tell you, that old taskmaster used to hold over you. It can't hold you anymore. You're a blessed people. You got a right to rejoice. You got a right to worship. You got a right to dance. You got a right to be free. Why? Because God had made you a free people. He's blessed you tonight. Oh, come on, church. Wipe the frown off your face and let's have some church. Come on, Sister Jessica.
blessed in the city I'm blessed in the fields I'm blessed going out Oh, I'm blessed coming in He's gonna open the windows And pour you out a blessing Yes, He is It's your
I'm gonna turn up my praise and drown out my fear, holding my shield of faith, and I feel no more when the enemy comes. Oh, in life. Turn up. 